0: Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano.
1: This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast with Carson Tinker is brought to you by Compassion International. We've been talking about compassion for almost a year now, and they're great partners with us here at Sports Spectrum, the most trusted child development ministry in the world. The website is compassion.com slash sports spectrum. Go there, check it out. See for yourself, children being released from poverty. $38 a month is all it takes for you to make a difference in a child's life. Food, education, medical care, vocational training, all done in Jesus name for $38 a month. What a great way to make a difference in a child's life and provide them with Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast is Carson Tinker. Carson spent six seasons with the Jacksonville Jaguars as their long snapper and in college at Alabama won a national championship three times in the four seasons that he played there with the Crimson Tide. He is the author of the book, A Season to Remember, Faith in the Midst of the Storm, And Carson is now married to his wife, Annie, and has a son, Carson slash Hootie Tinker. They call him Hootie, their little boy. And this is a fun podcast. Carson's a great dude, and I really enjoy talking to him. But sometimes, as it just happens here on the podcast, we tape our interviews, and we taped it in late February. And here we are March 10th as we release this, March 11th, I should say. And just a couple days ago, on March 8th, Carson Tinker was released by the Jaguars, Uh, So in the news, he's actually now a former long snapper with the Jaguars. But in this interview, obviously, we talk like he's still with the team. And as is the case in the NFL, unfortunately, transactions happen and guys get released for different reasons. Carson had a torn ACL in 2017, returned from that, and then had a torn meniscus in 2018 and ended last year on injured reserve as well. So... Listen, that's the NFL lifestyle, unfortunately, and just I think you'll still really like Carson's story on the podcast, and you can kind of understand where he's coming from. It's the same as it would have been if he was still with the team, that he's recovering from these injuries, and he's getting healthier and getting stronger and wants to contribute for sure with the team in 2019 at the point of this podcast. We thought it was the Jaguars. Now it may be another team, but I still think you'll really enjoy Carson Tinker's story, his journey of faith, and really kind of staying strong in his walk with the Lord during a a very, very difficult season of life in 2011 in Alabama during the tornado times. So let's take a listen to Carson Tinker, a longtime NFL long snapper here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Take a listen. Carson, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. You doing all right? I'm doing great, my friend. It's good to talk to you. Let's start with with now. There's a lot of what happened then and some things that you've been through in your life that I want to talk about, but let's talk about now. I think a lot of your story can help encourage many of our listeners just what you've gone through in the past couple of years. Uh, 2017 you tore an ACL, placed on injured reserve, came back, then in 2018 tore your meniscus, placed on injured reserve again. Let's just start with now. How are you feeling today? How's your health? How's your health doing?
0: I uh, I feel fantastic man. I've had a uh, <clears throat> had a great group of people working with me, helping me with my rehab, great doctors to do surgeries and uh just uh I'm I'm in a great position. I feel more athletic now than uh than I ever have really. Um I'm definitely older, but uh <laughs> I I know how to uh I know how to take care of my body better now. I mean the the injury rate in football is 100%. Yeah. So uh I I know that it happens, but uh physically and mentally I'm ready to get back out there and uh, and go get it.
1: What was that like going through injuries like that? I mean, I think it's the first time or that you really dealt with, you know, injuries where you're placed on, a, on the injured reserve and having to have your season cut short. What was that like Man. working through that?
0: It, it It's tough, dude. It, it really is um, because, I mean, I'm going on uh, – I just finished my sixth year in the NFL, and, I, I mean, I, I played since I was in fifth grade. So my identity has always been – a football player, you know? And when I tore my ACL, I tore it in training camp. It was like the 10th day of training camp. Uh, so I was out for an entire season and I, I spent a lot of time at the house, you know, and, uh, yeah. uh, couldn't walk. And, uh, I really kind of, you know, questioned who I was and, uh, it it was tough. I mean, this is a spiritual podcast, so I don't mind like opening up about it. But uh, absolutely, it 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 really. Uh, I mean, I could really feel God tugging at me and say, like, you know, you, you thought you were this, you know, big bad guy, but you know, turns out, you know, you, you still need me. So I I, I thought that it was. Um, I really felt like God was speaking to me through that, and uh, honestly, I mean, having a kid, it it changed my whole perspective on everything too. So I, I tore my ACL in August. And, uh, we had a kid, my wife and I, um, in December, December the third. And I mean, ever since then, I've been a dad, you know, so I'm trying to be the best dad that I can be. Um, I think, I mean, physically it's tough, but, but getting injured is, is more, uh, psychological than anything. I feel like
1: Carson Tinker is our guest here on the sports spectrum podcast, a long snapper position. I think is an interesting one, just because it's not, I don't think people realize, uh, you know, sort of the difference in, t- in the type of job and role that you have. You have you have one job, you snap the ball versus, and obviously you block and, you know, schemes and things like that on, on special teams. But tell us about that position, long snapper. Was that always something that you played? Is that always something that you, you were doing even when you were younger? Or is that something that kind of came as you got older?
0: Um, so I started snapping in middle school. I was terrible at it. Uh, for some reason, my coach just thought I was the long snapper because I played tight end. um, and then, uh, in high school, let's see my sophomore year, they moved me to defensive line. Uh, they thought I was gonna be like a defensive end and I, I played a little bit, but I was, I was the long snapper. So I spent the majority of practice, uh, long snapping, uh, then my junior and senior year I played offensive line. And I, I mean, I, I love being an offensive lineman. I loved, uh, you know, the mentality, the camaraderie. Uh, I, I mean, the offensive line, they're still my best friends on the team now. Um, I, I just loved, you know, having the identity of being an offensive lineman. But I knew that, I mean, I'm only one, you know, 230. I knew I wasn't going to be playing offensive line in college. And I, I really felt like I had a chance to, uh, <clears throat> to play in, in college being a long snapper. I was, you know, timing every Saturday. We had a stopwatch on the coffee table and I timed these guys snaps. I mean, I was snapping, you know, just as hard as they were. So I started going to a couple camps and stuff. And uh, I mean, I, I was, you know, pretty high ranked at these camps. Yeah. Uh, got a couple, you know, smaller, small school offers. But Alabama, you know, they they gave me an opportunity to walk on. And uh, I mean, that, that that's really where everything changed.
1: I have to imagine faith was a, a crucial component as well growing up in the South. Tell us about your walk with the Lord, where it was shaped. Obviously, you talked about identity and kind of redefining your purpose for the Lord after your injuries. But where did that faith in the Lord kind of take shape for you? Uh, so I grew up in the Southern
0: Baptist Church, Central Baptist, uh, Decatur, Alabama. My mom was the director of senior adult ministries at the church. So we were there <clears throat> every time the door was open Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, I mean, we were there all day long on Sunday and, uh, <clears throat> all my friends were through the church. Um, uh, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I got saved when I was, I mean, seven, eight years old at the singing Christmas tree. Um, just, and, and like, <clears throat> after having a kid, you know, you, kind of realize stuff that uh that your parents did that you didn't notice at the time but you notice now that you're a parent and uh <clears throat> like the verse that really sticks out to me is uh teach your kids in the way they should go and they shall not depart from it yeah and <clears throat> i can just really like see where i mean even though it wasn't necessarily clicking at the time uh, i always you know came back to my roots and and you know, we're all prone to wander, but I always, always came back to how I was raised. So I, I really appreciate my parents for, you know, getting me in the church as much as they could. I needed it, you know.
1: Now, what is that like being a dad and being able to instill that faith, even though your kid is still you're still young and being able to instill that into your son?
0: It it, it makes me want to be able to be like the best Christian example that I could possibly be. Honestly, yeah. uh, my, my parents were both great examples. And, uh it just it I don't know. I wouldn't say it's like pressure, but it puts a little fire under me, you know, to make to make sure 'cause I mean, I like have a huge, you know, um part of the outcome of, of his life, you know, and an influence on that. Uh so it, it puts a little fire under me, you
1: know. Carson Tinker's our guest here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. All right, you get to Alabama in two thousand eight, you red shirt, you win a title in oh nine. 2011 and 2012 before we get to that 2011 season which we talked about before this that could be a podcast of its own tell us about the decision day what that was like for you and, and ending up with the crimson tide being in alabama and decatur i have to imagine coming to the crimson tide was was a pretty cool thing yes sir
0: um i got i mean i got pictures of me as a kid you know in an alabama uniform and I mean, the whole nine yards. We we grew up diehard Alabama fans. Got the Daniel Moore prints in the house growing up. Uh, dad would watch the, the game, but he'd mute the TV and have Eli Gold on the radio, you know, with the commentary. We were we were all in. But uh, I always wanted to go to Alabama, but it, it kind of looked out or it looked like I was going to end up at uh, LSU. Um, throughout the whole re- recruiting process, Alabama, you know, told us, like, hey, we, we got our guy. Um you know, you're good enough, but we have our guy. Se- several schools told me that actually. Like, you're good enough, but you know, we have our guy. And that's just the worst thing to hear, you know, as a yeah. high school kid. Yeah. Because, um, I mean there's there's nothing else that you can do, you know, like I I I didn't want to go to Tennessee. I didn't want to go, you know, uh, Washington State. They offered me they they're like, or they said that they would offer me. And I looked up how far Washington state was from uh, where we lived, And it was like a 36 hour drive. It's pretty far. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, don't even worry about it, man, you know? And, uh, but then you hear, you know, your home, your hometown school, like, yeah, you know, you're good enough to play here, but you know, we got our guy. Um, So that was, that was tough. Signing day happened. I didn't know where I was going to go. And then. I mean, Alabama called like the last, I mean, the, the last minute and said, Hey, uh, I think, I think their guy tours ACL or something. And I was like, Hey, uh, you know, a spot opened up. Are you still interested? And I went, I went down there, you know, for the weekend and, uh, told him I was coming back, you know, next month. And, uh, I had to pay my dues there, uh, was red shirted. And then, uh, the Oh nine, I got to play a little bit, but I wasn't the starter, Uh, A guy named Brian Selman was a starter, and I I mean, I learned so much from him. Uh, He's he's definitely a a great mentor to me. And then uh, started three years.
1: Describe to the layman, to the fan that's listening, to the to the the dad, the the sports fan, we'll say, just on what it's like to play for Alabama. I think you know, yeah, they didn't win it this year, but they're in the game every single year, and it goes back to when you first got there. Describe what that's like to to be a part of a program like Alabama where you know you're going to have a chance every single year to win a championship, but also what's comes with being a part of that team away from the field as well.
0: All right, I will, I will say this, and this is bragging a little bit, but when I committed to Alabama, they were seven and six that year um i like where you're going
1: <laughs> i like where you're going
0: Go ahead. <laughs> uh i mean we knew saban was there and i talked to saban and i mean if you ever sit down with that guy he's locked in all right yep. so i mean i i wanted i was going to alabama regardless i mean if if you know i don't know anybody if if joe blow was coaching up there uh, i would have still gone to alabama but uh I mean, I really like Coach Saban because I watched him when he was in LSU. I got to be an LSU fan growing up because uh, they had, um, I mean, a great baseball program. I grew up playing baseball. Mm. And uh, so I kind of got to be the LSU fan. And then when I started playing football, Saban was there. And, you know, they had Jamarcus Russell, and they were winning. Uh, So I definitely knew, you know, who Coach Saban was. Uh, But when we committed, or when I committed, I was, you know, seven and six. And then uh, that first year – We went what twelve and two, lost to Florida and then lost to Utah. But uh, man, I love Coach Saban. You know, it's really cool to. uh, I mean, obviously, it's cool, you know, to say you know I won a bunch of football games in college and I played for Coach Saban. But I mean, being being there every day and seeing you know how that guy works, like it's no no surprise why he's successful. Um, That's what what I think is is the coolest part about playing at Alabama is just seeing, you know, Coach Saban day in and day out. And, <clears throat> I mean, his it, just attention attention to detail. Like, I've never seen anything like it, and I, I I doubt that I ever will see anything like it. Um, so I, I think that that was, you know, the, the biggest uh, I don't know, the, the biggest thing that I was able to take away for, from that. Because you hear about – because I majored in business. So I, I got a, almost a master's in marketing. Mm-hmm. I got to go back and finish that up. But just like we would talk about, you know, these successful guys in our business classes and, you know, what it takes. And it, it makes me kind of realize like Coach Saban, he he would have been successful at anything that he chose to do. He just he wanted to be a football coach. But it, it's it's kind of the same things that it that it takes to be successful in, in anything. And uh, I'm just I'm I'm glad that I got to be a part of that.
1: I wonder if you know the record. Of the team since you got there. I thought that's where you were going when you said this you didn't want to brag but I'm guessing since that 08 or 09 season and I think I saw this because we had on somebody from Alabama and I can't remember who it was in January. It's some ridiculous record with like seven total losses or eight total losses since 2008 or 2009. Does that sound (laughs) right? Does that ring a bell?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. And, I mean, since you brought it up, I'll say it. I think uh, my, my class is the only class uh, – there was a team back in, like, the 70s, like uh, Nebraska or something. Yeah. But but my class was the only class that's won three national championships. Wow. The the class – or the, the guys this year, the seniors this year, they had a chance. If yeah. they would have won, they would have been, like, the third class ever. Right. But, uh, yeah.
1: It's hard it, to win, though. It's hard to
0: win every year yeah. like
1: that. I mean, yeah, you could say uh, – it's like watching – uh you know every year the patriots are in it every year alabama's in it every year you know golden state right now in the nba is in it but it's hard to still have that excellence and sustain it for a very long time right
0: man it really is because and like the average person listening is probably gonna say that i'm crazy but it it's easier to get there than it is to stay there you know um like think about how many like people have won the national championship since Alabama's won their first year and the coach isn't even there anymore, Mm -hmm. Ohio state, Florida state, Auburn. um, I mean, there's just so many, so many teams out there that they get there and then they immediately fall off. So it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, the teams like new England and golden state uh, that, that can maintain such a high level of success. I mean, I'm sick of seeing Tom Brady just as much as everybody <laughs> else is, but I like know. you gotta res- you gotta respect what the guy's done, you yeah. know? Uh, because I mean, we were in the AFC Championship last year, and you know, you saw what kind of year we had this year. Yeah. I mean, it is it is so rare to see teams like that, you know, every year in and out, and 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 that's why I said like I'm really blessed that I could have been a part of a program like that just to see what it takes, because. Like Coach Sabin, he was he was never satisfied. I mean, never – not in like a bad way, but it's just like if there was something where we could – if there was an area or, you know, something mechanical that we could get better at, like he was coaching us, you know?
1: Yeah, and there's no coincidence there that Saban and, and Belichick were uh, together for a little while and you could probably if, – if people who didn't know them sat down in a room with each of them separately, you could probably – Point out a lot of similarities. I'm guessing from a coaching perspective and how they go about doing their job. Is that probably fairly accurate? I know you didn't play for Belichick, but that's my guess.
0: Uh, yeah. I, and I will say this. I mean, the the NFL is is a totally different ball game than college. Um, I mean, the the players' mindsets are different. The the coaches' mindsets are different. But I, I'm sure that there is a lot of similarities. Um, something that I thought was really interesting about about Saban is when we would go to uh like you know a bowl practice or you know getting ready for the season, he would bring out calendars and schedules from I mean 20, 30 years ago. Cause I don't know if you've ever I'm sure you've been in like a football coach's office. They just yes. have binders yes. everywhere. You know? And it's just <laughs> it was really cool how like detail oriented he was. And it was like, no, we're not doing it this way because when I was, you know, with the Browns in '85, we did, this, and he's got the bonder out, you know, and it's just, like, it's like, who even thinks of this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. But uh, I mean, I've had, I mean, I mean, coaches everywhere—they all have those bonders, But I'm sure that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the Belichick is very similar in that way.
1: Carson Tinker is our guest here on the podcast. He's also the author of a book, "A Season to Remember: Faith in the Midst of the Storm," released in 2014. With Tommy Ford and Carson, I want to go there just in a minute because 2011—it's eight years ago now. I have to imagine it's one of the more impactful years of your life, not just from what happened and what you're going to explain happened in a minute, but also being able to come back and and win a national championship. So let's let's start with all that took place leading up to April. I think it's April 27th of 2011, and that very difficult day because that's what the book centers around in the sense of coming back from the storm that you're going through and we all have storms in our life, but the storm you went through was a little bit different. Can you take us to that moment and share with us what happened?
0: Yeah. So, um, if you don't know my story, it was April 27th, 2011. Uh, there was a, I mean, just an enormous tornado that, that came through Tuscaloosa. Uh, I was a, uh, junior, I was a junior in college. Um, we, we all, uh, got, you know, in the closet and, uh, tornado actually came and pulled the house off the foundation I was I was thrown about uh, about 70 75 yards hmm. uh was in the hospital for several days uh, and and I mean came back and, and was able to play um there, there's been a ton of articles in, in the book if you want to know more details obviously I don't I don't like getting into it too much but sure, uh
1: sure yeah uh, let, let me let me let me take it from there and then because right. obviously there was some there's some tragedy that happened. Your girlfriend uh, didn't make it, obviously. So you're going through this, and you're also going through tr- trying to recover from it. Let me let me start with a few basic questions about just the moment. You're young there. You're, I mean, you're still young. You're 29, but you're 21 at that time, and a young man just trying to figure out life. And you're you're in the midst of a football career, and this tornado happens. I guess being in Alabama, tornadoes. Is that something you're just kind of used to, or is that still, this was a different animal than anything you've ever seen?
0: Uh, Well, no, like definitely growing up in the South, <clears throat> you know, you see tornadoes, but it's always like, you know, the county over or uh, it, it's never like you, you know, you're never like personally affected by it, but I mean, they're always around you and you always, you know, see it on the news and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, we were there, we were right there
1: in it. When, when you're, recovering from that i guess at the time like i said you're 21 and a tragedy like that how did your faith play a role if at all in the way that you kind of dealt with what took place i mean you had to deal with losing someone that you cared about very much you had to deal with you recovering and going through that i'm guessing trauma and aftershock and all these things that are going through how much can you remember from that and how much was faith a part of all that as you recovered immediately Um, after all right, so
0: I'll start from, like, before the tornado. Uh, <clears throat> so after after that year, that was uh, my first year starting. I had a great year. Um, I, I felt really good. And <clears throat> people from my class started getting uh, – going to the NFL. Like, people that I knew were starting to make millions of dollars. Right. Uh, and they would come back, and, you know, they, they, they weren't happy. You know, they, they wanted this – you know, they, they, they wanted this their whole life. They wanted, you know, the, the money and the fame and, you know, all that comes with playing in the NFL and they would come back and and they would just have their look like this look on their face. Like, you know, they weren't satisfied. I mean, I still see that look in the locker room. I mean, every day, like that, that, that's something that you can spot immediately. And it, it just, it really like tugged on my heart, you know? Uh, Because, I mean, I grew up small town Alabama and I mean, going and playing for Alabama was huge but when I went to like school and like like I really like I don't know I I felt like for the first time that like I was I was going places you know and I I thought it was really cool and you know just being able to be a a part of you know playing football but then knowing that like I was gonna have a like a really nice job after this you know because I was gonna get a great education I I knew I could work hard I knew how to work um and I just but 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 then I would see these guys come back that had everything that they had asked for, you know, everything they ever wanted, and they just weren't happy. So I remember <clears throat> praying and like God, I don't I don't want to be like that. Mm. I, I I want you to make me special. I want I want to be something special. I just I, I want to do whatever you whatever that is. I I want to do what you have planned for me. And I, I mean, I remember so vividly praying that. And then I mean, two months later, the tornado happened. I mean, right. so, it's like, God, uh, that's not exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, well, so I thought, I, I thought the opposite, man. Um, I remember laying in that hospital bed and I was like, all right, where are we going to go from here? I felt like God was telling me, all right, dude, put your money where your mouth is, man. You said that, that you trusted me. You said that you believed in me. Like, like, let's see it, you know, let's see what you're about. And I mean, I bought in dude, you're talking about faith and like you grew up in the church and stuff like that. And, um, uh, <clears throat> But like that that's when it became like real for me, you know? That that's when like, you know, the adversity hits you in the mouth and like you have to have a, a crutch, you know? And people
1: lean on different you know, different things, but
0: like you, you gotta lean on God, you know.
1: Were you ever did you ever allow yourself to be angry at God during that time, even though you're relying on him to just have the natural feeling and inclination to be angry at him for going through this and having witnessed and seen what you went through? Uh I, I was never mad because, like, I should have died. You know, Yeah. like, uh,
0: I was I was very fortunate—not fortunate, but made uh, but, I me mean, blessed to to even be alive. Um, so I never felt I never felt angry. I, um, I, uh, 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 I mean, when I when I did feel angry, I would I would go back and say, you know, like, you know, trust in the Lord. Like, like you're still here for a reason. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Was it hard to come back to play because the injuries and how can you tell us how how devastating were the injuries that you had to recover from when you were I mean, you're throwing 75 yards in a tornado. I have yeah. to imagine that they were pretty bad.
0: Uh, I mean, my, my whole body was was cut up and, and banged up. <clears throat> I had a. They uh, uh, think like something wrapped like a chain or piece of like, I don't, I don't know. They don't know what it was, but something wrapped around my leg and took like a big a big chunk of. Like meat out of my leg, down by my ankle, uh, mm-hmm. underneath my calf on the inside. It looks like somebody took a golf club and just like took a divot out of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, <clears throat> that that was actually a, a tough process because um, they had to put a, a wound vac on it and kind of this is this might be too graphic, but uh, kind of suck some of like the the my like the meat in my leg back out to even it out. Right. And then uh, the wound got smaller and smaller and smaller. And once it evened out, they put a skin graft on it from a cadaver. Uh, They actually did it in the locker room after one of the games before a bye week. Wow. Uh, Yeah, crazy story. Uh, Like, I think they did like 300 total because it was kind of like a experimental uh, technique they were doing. They did like 300 uh, procedures and only like like three or four of them stuck, and mine was one of them that stuck. Uh, in like the most hostile environment, it could have it could have you know had it was a one percent that stuck. It was it was crazy. But uh, so I had my ankle, I had a concussion, uh, broke my wrist, uh, and like I there was no doubt in my mind that ever there was never a doubt in my mind that, that I was going to play football though. Hmm. Um, I I think that I I read, I listen to all these podcasts, read all these books about like mentality and you know, the like sports psychology and stuff. And I I I firmly believe that like our bodies are so much more capable of like what we think that, that they are. And it's all like what your mindset is, uh, I mean, and, and it's all biblical too. Like you know, the words become flesh. Like how you talk to yourself is 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 everything.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I have and- to imagine coming back was 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 still not easy though. So tell us about what it was like to step back on that field with that positive sort of belief that you had inside of you that you were going to make it back on the field. What was that like to finally get back? Or was there even a moment, I should say, when you realized, okay? I can do this. I am back. This is what I've been saying I wanted to do.
0: Um If there was, I don't remember cuz I do remember there was a moment after I tore my ACL where I felt like that. Mm. But uh coming back I guess it's cuz I didn't have any like crazy significant injuries, right. you know, from the tornado. Uh No, coming back from my ACL cuz our camp, man, our camp is tough. Training camp down here is tough. Yeah. And we, we had our first like, you know, full padded punt practice. And I mean, I had I had a great practice, but I mean, for a full year, I was questioning myself like, hey, man, you still think you can do this? And I went out there for that practice and I knew that I could still do it. And, dude, I cried after that period, man. I didn't yeah. let anybody see it. Yeah. I didn't let anybody see it because I would have been <laughs> embarrassing. Sure. I kept my helmet on and walked around and dude, it. I had tears coming down my face, man, because I was I was so happy. Uh I love football, man. I do. I, I love it.
1: That's awesome. You released, as I mentioned, the story of writing the book in 2014, A Season to Remember, Faith in the Midst of the Storm. Let's let's have you encourage those that are in the midst of storms right now. Each of our storms are unique to our own situations, but based upon what you've experienced and what you've been through, not just in 2011 with the tornado and the recovery, but even with the ACLs and the injuries recently, encourage us, I guess, on what you would say to those that are going through a difficult time right now? Man,
0: my biggest thing after the tornado, and it still is, like you live in vision or you live in circumstance. You know, we all have circumstances. Uh, Right now, I mean, I'm coming off this meniscus, but, man, my vision is I'm going to play ball again. You know, it was the same thing after the tornado. Like uh, I was was going through, you know, everything, but I had a whole city, you know, that that felt the same way. And I knew my, my vision was, was to was to 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 be as positive as i could and show people that you can overcome adversity. Um we all face adversity but that just gives you a chance to like show you what like like what you're really about. You know like are you really like who you think you are? Um <clears throat> and it, and it's tough but like it's supposed to be tough, you know? Uh i mean look at all these great i mean bible legends. They yeah. all went through crazy adversity. One dude got swallowed by a whale, you know, like it's just crazy stuff. Um, But I mean, God gives you the ability to overcome this adversity and it makes you, I mean, I, I would no chance be who I am today if it wasn't for that tornado. You know, I wouldn't be the dad that I am today. I wouldn't be the husband that I am today. I wouldn't be the Christian I am today. I wouldn't be the man that I am today if if I didn't go through. And it's something that I would obviously never have chosen to do, you know? Um, But it, it brought me closer to God and it made me a better man.
1: Carson, now, today, 2019, you it's hard to say 2019 and believe we're here in 2019 already, but you talked about becoming a dad to, his name is Carson as well, right? Carson Jr. Uh, he's a junior and we call him Hootie. <laughs> Hootie, tell me why? Yeah. Are you a fan of Hootie and the Blowfish? Man, like, where does it come we from? We do love my wife and I do love
0: Hootie and the Blowfish, and uh, <laughs> our uh, our first dance uh, was "I Only Want to Be with You," but okay. we didn't name him Hootie because of Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, all the signs point to that, but that's not why. Uh, I don't know, man. We just always like the name. Always yeah. like the name. It's uh, feel like it's a good southern name. You know, there's Hootie Johnson with the Masters. Yeah. Uh, who's the Hootie? What? Ho- uh, there was an old Hootie, I think, Hootie Jones, Hootie Jones played there a couple years ago, but there was an older Hootie Jones who was actually, he played at Alabama and was the AD at Clemson for forever. Okay. Um, uh, cool so name. yeah, yeah, no, there's, there's a couple old school, uh, Hooties out there. And, uh, I mean, my wife and I just thought it was cool. It's unique. And, uh, if he grows up and thinks that we're crazy, then he can always be James Jr., you know? So <laughs>
1: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely tell me about growing you know just moving on and what life is like now you know you're married uh to annie you have your son carson and just you know playing football and what is life like now what's what's that been like for you just in this season of life
0: uh it's been really good man um you know my first couple of years in the nfl i had no idea even what was going on uh but now we uh wife and i got married uh what, four years ago, I believe. You better and, get that right, uh, Carson. Man, she's the same way. We don't get <laughs> mad at each other when we forget. That's uh, good. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, it's going really good, man. Uh we, we live in a uh, a really cool neighborhood in Jacksonville. We got a bunch of friends, uh, you know, on our side of town. And uh we we joined a church. It's it's a big church, but uh it's it's a great church. We've we've made a lot of friends through church and uh yeah, man. Uh, we know that we won't, you know, live in Jacksonville forever, but we we really are enjoying our time here right now.
1: Well, the weather isn't bad either, especially this time of year, right? In February. I mean,
0: <laughs> it, pretty... It's 55 and cloudy today. Uh, oh. Yesterday was be- yesterday it was beautiful, but today, uh, yeah, you, you can't you can't bank on it today. It's yeah. not terrible though. It's not bad. I'm not no. complaining. It's
1: better than where I am in Connecticut. Let's just say that. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Carson, let's close with this. It's been great talking to you, man. Tell me about the greatest lesson that God has taught you in this journey that you've been on. You know, what do you, what have you learned from the Lord that you'll take with you till, you, till the day that you die that has been just, you know, crucial to your walk in life and your walk with Jesus?
0: I think, I was trying to think of like some bullet points that I was going to try to get across on this podcast. And I think the one thing that I haven't been able to get is that I feel like God has everybody where they are, you know, for a reason. Um, I, I look back and there's there's a lot of things in my life that I, I wouldn't have, have chosen. Uh, I mean, both my parents had cancer growing up. Uh, <clears throat> um, I didn't go like to the greatest schools, you know, growing up right but every everything that I, I wouldn't have chosen i can look back and and say like well that was for a reason that you know that i would have never done for myself you know and and it's it it's just like all all the things that like i wouldn't have chosen i can tell that god put me there for me to learn something or you know grow in a certain way And I think that that's something that I can take with me because I'm sure there will be times in the future where I I, I seem lost or I seem, uh, you know, like, why am I here? And I can I can always, you know, go back to those times where, you know, God had me and I know that God had me there to learn. Um, Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, no. I mean, I think the greatest teacher (laughs) Of life is adversity and 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 the lessons and i always tell people this too you can chime in here in a second is you know we never really truly know god's plan for our life until we look back and you see sort of the orchestration yeah. of all of it right and you can even that's exactly. a perfect example for you
0: yeah no that's not a lot better uh, that was about three minutes of me rambling was what you just said in a sentence so uh. <laughs> you can steal it if you want not a big <laughs> um no but yeah exactly and 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 I'm I'm sure that anybody listening can can think the same thing. That, I mean, there's several things that I can think of that I uh, I I wouldn't have done, but I know that now I know that God had me there, you know, to to learn and to grow.
1: Absolutely. This has been really great to talk to you, Carson. Carson Tinker, Jacksonville Jaguars, long snapper, still in Jacksonville and preparing hopefully for 2019 and hopefully a healthy season for you and just excited for what God is doing in your life, my friend. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, and we'll hopefully catch up with you soon, maybe during the season, and see how things are going. Yeah, perfect, man. Thanks for having me. I'll come back anytime, dude. And many thanks to Carson Tinker, three-time Alabama Crimson Tide national champion, longtime NFL Long Snapper, for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Give him a follow over on Twitter at Carson Tink, C-A-R-S-O-N-T-I-N-K. And I love what his Twitter bio says. It says, trying to be a better Christian dad, husband, friend, and football player. Go Jags, roll tide. And that's kind of where Carson Tinker's faith comes in. I really enjoyed talking to him and hearing about his journey. Also want to apologize. There was a couple of I guess, audio difficulties in the sound and the quality as I was asking a couple questions. I really apologize for that, but sometimes not every podcast can be 100% perfect in its audio quality when we're taping it through Wi-Fi and through a laptop and all these other things, so I apologize for that. But hopefully, I think Carson's story and Carson's journey was encouraging, and uh, hopefully you guys were able to take away a little something from listening to this podcast and really enjoyed talking to Carson and hope to get him back again sometime next season. Also want to thank our sponsors, compassion international. I mean, we've just been so thankful and grateful and just really excited to have compassion as a partner on this podcast and as a sponsor on this podcast. Again, the website is compassion.com slash sports spectrum. That is the place to go. See for yourself, children being released from poverty, 1.8 million children being impacted by the work being done at Compassion International, the great work being done through Compassion, food, education, medical care, vocational training, all being done in the name of Jesus for just $38 a month. It's your chance to sponsor a child through Compassion. Go to Compassion.com sportspectrum Sports Spectrum, Compassion.com sportspectrum Sports Spectrum and release a child from poverty today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Reach us via social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at sports underscore spectrum. You can email me directly, jason at sports spectrum.com with any guest ideas. We would love to welcome your feedback here on the podcast and tag us if you if you share this podcast on social media tag us we'd love to retweet you and share what you say on this podcast on your social media pages we would love to be a part of that and also leave a review if you go to itunes apple podcast there's an area to leave a review of this podcast that helps get the word out and is really just a great way to share with others about what sports and faith are doing the lens of sports spectrum so thanks so much for that we also want to thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time thanks for joining us here on the sports spectrum podcast have a great rest of your day